welcome back to the Cosmic Pro. I'm Amiti, and of course, Kelly is here. Today we are going to be talking about self-mastery and psychic development, two very important aspects of witchcraft. Um, I have been working on self-mastery pretty intensely for a little while, and Kelly, you've been working on psychic development for years, correct? Yeah, I feel like working on psychic development leads to a lot of self-mastery. Yeah, exactly, exactly. See, you came out, I don't know how, I don't know, I don't really know which direction you went at at first, but I know I went at self-mastery first, and uh, so that's why my brain is, I think, feels like it's almost backwards. <laughs> but that's just because I started with working on the whole controlling my thinking before acting on emotions and stuff like wow. that, all that. I've been working on that, like, way more than... <laughs> the psychic development, I felt like that my having a better control of myself would make that a little bit easier for me, but I was all over the freaking place, you know, my emotions were freaking crazy insane, and I just didn't feel like psychic development at that stage was very beneficial, but, well, you know, <laughs> I, that, that could be true, I guess it really depends on the person. Exactly. Yeah. Like it could be something for for you to focus on and learn discipline in a way that helps you with with self mastery, or you could have yeah. you might be a person who needs to learn self mastery before you have enough discipline to learn. I mean, I think it, it depends. I on think the I know what the problem is. I think I know what it is. I think I know what, why I started with self mastery rather than psychic development. I think it's because. I am a freaking crazy, insane empath, and I do not mm. have control over that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I can't go to the store without freaking out, you know, that kind of stupidness, and I think that's why I started with self-mastery. Well, I'm saying that makes sense. That makes total sense. Yeah. The only reason why I might be kind of backwards I guess, for um, compared to other people who learn in that order for the same reason that you do, I guess I might be kind of backwards because um, I I learned psychic development or I started learning psychic development when I was still a kid before I had all those issues from the outside world coming in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, I started with that before I was, I mean, we lived out in the woods. <laughs> and and we hardly ever went anywhere, kind of like I do now. <laughs> you know, yeah. I grew up out in the woods where there was nothing but family, and and so I didn't have a lot of that stuff that we have now. You know, as as adults going out dealing with with the world, being extremely yeah. sensitive to it, I didn't have that when I started learning psychic development, and so yeah. I was just a little backwards. <laughs> Yeah, see, I wasn't, see, you and I are like, we're polar opposites, and yet we're the same in so many, many I know, but it is, it is uncanny. You, you, you had your witchy little self going on way, at a way young age, whereas I did not even know I was a witch until I was like 30. Well, thank you. Know. I, I, I think it's just because I died. I mean, honestly, I, it's not the reason why I have abilities. 
the only reason I learned the stuff that I did when I was so young was because I had a guide there teaching me, you know, from seven. And uh, self-mastery has not really, I've, I've never really considered it one of my strongest suits. <laughs> it's something that I'm, I'm working on, you know, I mean, everybody's working on it, even if, even if yeah. we've mastered ourselves, we're still working on it, you know, but. I, th I think that's part of the process if you talk to most people and um, part of the process of mastery is realizing that even when you think you've got it mastered, you don't. <laughs> right. It's, it's a circle. You never stop learning self-mastery. Absolutely. <laughs> I was thinking about that earlier today and I was thinking about the the snake, Ouroboros. <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, salve et coagula, which means to dissolve and reform. And that's what it makes me think. You know, it, it, it's this great alchemical process. And we think once we've done it, that that's it. And we're a master, you know, but it's not really the truth. Yeah. <laughs> once you think, yeah. like you said, when you think you're a master, then you have something new to learn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not just self-discipline it's not just self-control right. um, harnessing will basically to realize your dreams and vision self-regulation it's so many things so many things as thinking before acting on emotion right uh, one of the things i work on the most um being a, a, a strong empath i get a lot of emotions from myself and from others. And learning to control that was very important. Why is it important? Why, why is it important to, to know yourself and understand yourself and to be able to have mastery over your emotions and your actions? Why is that important? I mean, seriously, it's, it's more than, than needing to achieve goals. That I, I really think that that's how you manifest your reality right. by mm -hmm. having control over yourself. If your mind is chaotic, then you're going to create chaos. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's where why self mastery is important. I mean, and and don't get me wrong, I'm not. I don't. I don't even come close to having my self mastery, but. I think the closer I get to that, the easier it is for me to manifest what I want. And um, this, the awfulness that I was manifesting for several years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, and we, like like I said before, we keep having this uh, this set goal in our mind like it's something actually achievable. But it's a, it's, it's a, process that never ends the never ending process like if we think at any point that the great work is complete <laughs> then you know start over. we didn't we didn't really you know then we're not done because it's a constant uh it, it's a it's a path yeah that doesn't end and, and, <laughs> and, and I, i've been doing a lot of research and, and studying up on the process it's kind of it really is kind of a process um, i mean first there's like awareness that having the understanding of 
your personality and your values and your tendencies and beliefs, um, the process of analyzing your thoughts and your actions and emotions to determine, you know, your values and principles, thinking those things out. Most people don't really put that much thought into it. You know, it's just kind of the way they were raised or implied, you know. In order to master oneself, you have to really understand yourself. And there's a lot of awareness there, that, you know, awareness of self that you have to practice. Right. Just from that awareness, paying attention of what's going on, you you sort of develop what they call self-knowledge, mm-hmm. which is basically, you know, okay, well, I know that I get angry when, you know, somebody rides too close to my car you know, on another computer. You know, not knowing these things from observing your behaviors before, you know, you develop your self-knowledge. Yes, and also uh, the why, because knowing that that's how we react to a trigger may not actually tell us the reason why we do that, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, you know, the more you know about yourself, the the more you start to understand yourself and you mm-hmm. get that understanding and and you, you kind of see, you don't know where you're coming from, maybe. <laughs> and, uh, and then I think once you have that knowledge, there, then you become, when you start acting on that, that's the development stage. That's where you're learning to master oneself. Once you know what's going on and and how to act on it, that's the, you know, what they call the development stage of right. mastery. Um, and they say that supposedly when you've reached the higher levels, you know your purpose, you you have self-discipline and confidence. And But I think if, if living in the present is supposedly, you know, the ultimate in self-mastery is living in this present moment, I don't know, I do not know a single person other than maybe one human being on this planet, Eckhart Tolle, um, who is capable of living completely in the moment at all times. And mm-hmm. if you can't, according to some of the recent stuff that I read, some of the articles that I read, you can't live in the moment all the time, and you haven't really mastered yourself. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, according to that the, the couple articles that I was reading I'm not sure I agree with that though I I don't think that there I think self-mastery is not something you can achieve as a human being it really depends on who you are as in, like it sounds like a, the the perfection of a spiritual goal but in all honesty like for someone like me, I don't want there to just like I didn't come here to sit and watch things go by. You know what I'm saying? And I know yeah. that, I know that that's not all that it's about. But if I was in the present moment all of the time, every second of the day, and everything was just as it should be, no matter what's happening, then I would basically be done with life. I mean, that's just my perspective. Like I. Yeah, I, yeah. From from the awareness I, I, that I have from where I came from, I came down here to experience. 
I totally get what you're saying. I don't. I totally, and I see it that way too. I, I totally see it that way too. But for me, everything is perfectly imperfect. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Everything. Everything is perfect, but it is also imperfect. Like as imperfect as they come, as equally imperfect as as it is perfect. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. And, and and therefore, I do not believe that self mastery is an attainable goal. No, it's a path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I think I I honestly when I when I read a lot of this stuff about self mastery, I think that that is a complete wash because in all honesty, okay, if you if you make a decision to achieve a goal and you achieve that goal, okay, well you've mastered that. You okay, but but that anything that you you master or you accomplish that is not the end all be all of the world and therefore you cannot I don't know I don't think that there is any way to completely master when right. and you know there's kind of like so many aspects of self there's okay. so many aspects you know you can be the perfect you know monk that you haven't experienced all of life. So how, I was going to say, like, we're always changing anyway as as humans uh, yes. on, on this process of the, the span of our lifetime. We're right. always changing, and so there's always a new self to master. You know, right. it's not something that you can just do and say, I'm a master now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so basically my thoughts on self-mastery are basically, when I think of it, I think of it as always striving to be your best self. Yeah. You know, when when you feel like you're always being your best self at any given moment, then I think you that's as close to self-mastery as we can get. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, you know. Dude, and the, the, the active, the conscious, active, um, work is the point not the goal yeah. it's the work that's exactly the exactly it, it is it is getting up every morning and making and and saying thank you to the earth it may it makes a difference to me it makes me makes my day better it makes me feel better you know what i mean yeah and so i feel like that's one little thing that i have going towards my so-called self-mastery <laughs> I'm better at controlling how my overall mood is. You know what I mean? When that's just one way. I don't know. Maybe I mean there's got to be other ways. Yeah. Well, I I mean, and I I sort of do the same thing uh, that you do. Whenever I made the the summer schedule for Cade, I went ahead and wrote daily or morning mantras. For every day of the week that we say, you know, and it's the same kind of uh, wake up with that grateful um, feeling about who we are and what we have, you know, and right. that that's that's a big deal because if you wake up every single day and look around and are disappointed, you know, it doesn't really matter where you are or what you have. If you wake up disappointed every day, then you're going to find things all day long to be disappointed about <laughs> right you know, right yeah exactly 
if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna use if you want to use witchcraft if you if that's the you know the main reason most people get into witchcraft is, is because they want to make magic. Um, that is very important because how are you supposed to manifest anything if you can't keep your feel your emotions under control? Because if you're doubting yourself and you're hating yourself and and you don't think that you deserve it or something like you're not going to be able to manifest that in your life. You have to you have to have some measure of control of your inner thought working patterns and stuff because if you're sitting there in the back of your mind thinking this isn't going to work, this isn't going to work, this isn't going to work, then it isn't going to work. Right. If if you're sitting there saying I don't deserve love, I don't deserve love, I don't deserve love, then your love spell is not going to work. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and people don't understand how uh if, if we can understand the science of how that actually works, I think it w- it would be easier for people to stop for a minute and realize that uh it can be changed. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's totally the, way, the way that I the way that I learned it uh after years of witchcraft, the thing that helped me understand is that our brain is our friend. And whatever it is that we're focusing on, it doesn't matter what it is. We can say, we can focus on something like, I want a new car. I want a new car. I want a new car. Okay. But the only thing that your brain understands, and which is your friend and wants to give you what you need to make you comfortable, is that you are wanting a new car. It doesn't, it doesn't understand that you should have one or need one or whatever, you know, that you're going to get one. That's not going to manifest anything. It's just going to manifest reasons for you to want a new car (laughs) because your brain thinks that's what you want. (laughs) I want, I want, I want. Exactly, yeah. Your brain is your friend and it will give you what it thinks you want. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The, it, it, I have used my brain recently to do a couple of things, and all it took was changing my mind. I quit smoking after 35 years by changing my mind. I have become a much more positive, optimistic human being in the last four months because I changed my mind. (laughs) You know... All it took was me deciding to, like, adjust my attitude. I decided to Mm -hmm. wake up and be grateful for something, to find something every day to be grateful for. I decided to start exercising every day. I decided to start doing things that I enjoy because I enjoy them, not because I deserve to do them. Right. Once I started doing those things, then I started getting better at controlling my reactions to things because I was able to see it as a moment and not the disappointment. But anyway, uh, I think I might have gotten off topic. I meant to discuss, like, simple ways to practice it, you know. Uh, I think that 
you know, budgeting, fasting, meditation, exercise, those are just basic ways of practicing self-control, which is an aspect of self-mastery. <laughs> yes, and absolutely finding out, learning about your own mental processes and emotions and finding out what triggers you and why, you know, because just knowing that something triggers you isn't enough. You need to know why that's actually happening. And it might seem, might even seem like something unrelated, but uh, just finding those things out about yourself is a huge part of it. Also, like you said before, yeah, they also suggest when you look up things on the internet, they also suggest a lot of like hardcore stuff, like performing difficult tasks and whatnot. Yeah, I think life is a difficult task. Yeah, so, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I agree with that one. You know, Wednesday can be a mountain. Why climb a real mountain? Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> me, I don't know. I don't know. I I have enough hard stuff in my daily life. To right. I think that uh, I think that shadow work would be really important, and and I mean the understanding your triggers and your emotions and stuff like that ties into a lot of shadow work, uh, and it focuses on a lot of that stuff, but also other aspects of the self. So I think research and shadow work and uh, sort of get familiar with Carl Jung's work because he he introduced a lot of that stuff and it's it's really really intense but fascinating and productive <laughs> yeah 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 I tend to do some of that before two kids anymore I mm -hmm. try to do a little bit of that on a regular basis I can't, I don't really, I don't know. There's, I, every time I get a little higher level vibrate, I don't, I feel like I'm vibrating a little higher. I can take a little bit more, but. Well, no, it's so not. Self-mastery is certainly not going to be easy. You know, you really do have to challenge yourself to get through these things. Uh, yeah. Because some of them are not going to be very pleasant. And some of them will be pleasant, and then other aspects won't be very pleasant. But we need those challenges. <laughs> I think that we need those challenges in order to grow and master uh, what it is we're attempting to master, you know? Yeah. I think it is important, though, to, when it comes to shadow work, not to take on more than you can handle. Yeah, I mean, it, it gets delicate because uh, we we start diving into the subconscious, you know, where where we actually find the information of why things, certain things trigger us and why we react the way we do to certain situations and stuff like that. A lot of it can be uh, very difficult and intense. I don't think yeah. it's a good idea to attempt it completely alone. You know, you, yeah. you, you're going to need some kind of support. Um, yeah. so. it, can be, it can be traumatic. Yeah. It can be a little traumatic if, if you're not careful. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it, I mean, some people, <laughs> especially people who repress things. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. But uh, anyway, I think we need to move on to psychic development. Um, yeah. I have here my first question: What are ways to open the mind to psychic phenomena? Uh, and, uh, when, I, when I think of psych- psychic development, I thought of three questions so that the first three questions that pop into my mind when I think about it, and that was my first one. I would say probably learning some kind of divination, uh, something simple, you know, like yeah. like water scrying or tarot or um, like black mirrors. Um, Runes, runes are fantastic. Uh, fire, yes, absolutely. Candles, uh, bonfires, whatever. And I think that divination, by by itself, even if you're, you know, you're just starting out and you're trying to learn about it, the the action of trying to learn this particular skill opens us up because we want to be open in that case you know and and so i think that learning a new uh a new type of divination can really do that for you i'm trying to think of another one besides divination but that was like one of the one of the really big things that helped i think I think, I mean, it really just depends on the person and their perspective uh, and, and what it is that they're trying to do. You know, yeah. the, if you are well, maybe, trying to open yourself a little bit more, you need to give yourself something of wonder. might help people to know what different, what some different types of psychic abilities are. People may have abilities and not even realize it. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I think a lot of people do. Um, I, I kind of have... A different way of looking at psychic development, I think, than other people. And uh, rather than some magical power that just is, you know, it, it's become something very scientific for me. And I, I used to think that only certain people could develop abilities, but I know that that isn't true now. And it, it's pretty much possible for anyone to develop psychic abilities with the right training and confidence and willpower and dedication because it's not something that's just going to come to you because you think it is, you know. Yeah. Uh, belief yeah. and confidence is really, really important. But yeah. these are more than just powers that we gain through belief. There's something that is innate because we're human. You know, it all. Yeah. It, it's all a matter of discovering basically the pipeline in your brain, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. And you had mentioned last week uh, on, on our episode last week, the fact that confidence has a big impact on any magical work. And it's absolutely true. Uh, it's also true for psychic development because without that confidence and belief in the self, uh, training is basically a waste of time, but like I said, it's it's you can go a scientific route and locate these things within your own brain, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah. I think 
Well, I know we talked about it uh, a little earlier. You know, I think the, the main cause of heightened abilities without a lot of training is trauma because of what trauma does to the brain, which is something that I discussed in depth in the last episode here on this show whenever I first started it. Um, but that's not to say that every person who has natural abilities has like PTSD or some other diagnosis, you know, to be, to be completely honest, birth is traumatic. You know, the splitting of self from source is traumatic and uh, any kind of awakening is traumatic in a way that they shake the foundations of our perceived reality, you know, yeah. and the way we experience those things can carry a memory of that trauma, giving us um, this, it, it gives us as individuals varying degrees of heightened ability. Some of the things that we might have that uh, we don't realize are psychic abilities, it, well, a lot of people by now understand that being an empath is um, part of psychic development. A lot of people know that, you know, yeah. but they, I don't, I, I don't know how other people perceive that happening to them. You know, so like if someone is, is in pain and you feel like you're also in pain or you feel for them so deeply that you feel like it happened to you, you know, that's a, a part of psychic development is being sensitive to other people and, and our surroundings, you know. But also um, we have a dream and it's really weird and we pay it no attention and then a few days later something reminds us of that dream, you know, that, that's something, uh, that's a precursor to prophetic dreaming. You know, that's something that can be developed. And uh, prophetic dreaming is a precursor to precognition in a waking state. You know, so those things, uh, those small things that happen can be developed into uh, a a perfected skill basically yeah i've been i've been seeing a lot about clairsentience lately mm -hmm. clair, clair, clair something else. that that's basically uh basically what an empath develops is that what that is it, it's clear sensing just being empathic uh i know a lot of people have a lot of problems with uh, being empathic, sensing so much, it's it's very uh, overstimulating, especially if you're out in public. You know, a lot of people have issues with that. But uh, if it's if it's if you can get it under control, and learn to tell the difference between your own emotions and someone else's, um, and and you're able to distinguish those dreams from one another. Then you can develop clear sentience uh, to a pretty accurate skill, you know. Uh, okay. And clear cognizance is clear knowing. That's when um, you just you're not really sure how or why you know, but the information just appears somewhere in your brain, and you know. 
<laughs> that's clear cognizance. And and um, I think or feel like the development of clear cognizance can be a precursor to precognizance if it isn't already possessed. Uh, and precognizance is knowing what's about to happen right before it happens. And you guys, like a lot of people, they take for granted those split seconds in their brain where they went, I knew that was going to happen. That's, that's something that can be developed, you know? Yeah. It's not yeah. a coincidence. There are no coincidences. And these are things that can be developed. Yeah, I, don't, I think uh, I've experienced little bits of knowing here and there and often blown it off as something else. Like, I often wonder where deja vu comes in on that. Yeah, deja vu is weird. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. Let's. We need to save that for another episode because there is all kind of stuff to say about that. <laughs> I think deja we should. Do, I think we should talk about that at some point. Yeah, that would be an interesting one. I just had a deja vu day yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh. Let's see. Um, well, well, hey, one of one of the ways to practice. We were gonna we were gonna um, throw in some ways to practice. Yeah, I have a lot of that on here, and I was thinking, um, I had the next thing that I wanted to to bring up was how to, how to start developing these skills. And uh, whenever you were asking me a, a while ago about how to to bring yourself to a more open state, you know, um, this also is going to help. One of the biggest, most important things that we can do in psychic development is learning how to astral project. Even if we fall asleep, the process of learning how to project is really important, I think. It's one of those things um, that is very scientific. It's scientific the way it happens. Uh, it's not just this mystical thing that you can learn to do and don't know how it happens. Okay. There's a very specific order in which it happens, no matter who it happens to, because it's something that our brains, um, can do innately. You know, it's something that our consciousness can do. And so learning how to ask to project is really important, I think. Also, Creative visualization is uh, literally the perfection of the imagination. And the imagination is your doorway to basically everything metaphysical. And while we are taught that the imagination is just imaginary, you know, <laughs> pigment, yeah. it's not. It's one of those things that we're taught in order to keep us from what we are capable of. Okay, and uh, I've heard it referred to as the I Magi Nation, <laughs> and and I love that. I love that term. <laughs> uh, but it's the key to unlocking what is innately within you. You know, so creative visualization is very important. I do have some like little exercises and stuff to do for uh, cognition and clairvoyance and uh, 
uh, telekinesis. I did a whole episode uh, very in-depth about the process of astral projection and learning how to astral project. So I'm not I'm not going to put all that in here because we're kind of running over time. But if anybody is interested in that, they can easily pull up that episode on astral projection and learn how to do that. It's going to be really, really important, I think, for opening yourself up and experiencing. It isn't just uh, opening yourself up to experiences you're going to in involuntarily have an experience whether you know you are going to or not like just learning how to astral project is going to give you an experience that's irrefutable you know <laughs> yeah so, yeah uh it's important but uh when training for like psych uh, uh psychometry claircognizance um uh, psychometry is when you touch something and, and receive information about the object, you know, or its vicinity or whatever. Uh, but when you're training for that and claircognizance, clairvoyance and things of that nature, you'll want to try and focus more on the consciousness of your surroundings like objects, you know, uh, reading and feeling what it's like to be a rock. Even if you have to just pretend in your imagination, that's where it starts. <laughs> Um, or to to experience the consciousness of the ground or the air or a car, you know, uh, see the world from the eyes of something else, right? Yeah. So when when I train for psychometry and claircognizance, I always have the student choose an object from their desk or from a place that they spend a lot of time, you know, and then uh, say like your mouse, for example. If you can imagine, if you can sit there at your desk and imagine what it's like to be that object, to feel a hand on you, to move from the left and to the right and, you know, around and feel the desk rubbing on you, you know, like that's the kind of experience that we're looking for. Feeling textures, temperatures, uh, things like that and, and, and those physical elements in order to transport the mind inside of an object and and like i said it starts with imagination so uh you're gonna need to have not mastered but worked well enough on creative visualization to do these things because it creative visualization is really important um and so i call this merging when i do this with with other objects and go into the space of it and see everything from its perspective. Um, it sounds ridiculous to a lot of people, <laughs> but what it does is it takes you out of your head and into a space where information is. And uh, it, it, it's like stored there, which is also a piece of us. We it's not, uh, how can I say it? It seems unthinkable to other people to become another object, but when you're aware that everything is the same, like I'm already the tree over there, you know, <laughs> all you have to do is use your imagination to experience the world through that. But it's, it's a, like a projection into the astral, but it's, it's more real time 
you know it's yeah. a portal it's a portal to information is what it is the i magi nation okay <laughs> oh. but anyway there's a good exercise for clairvoyance and that's clear sight you know and so that could mean I think it could encompass precognition also, you know, of the future, but clairvoyance is clear sight in the mind, getting vision uh, clearly of information, okay? And so uh, to, to begin predicting random things is what you wanna do. You don't have to tell anyone what you're predicting. Um, I used to keep a notebook. So like whenever I started, uh, I was working in a convenience store when I started trying to uh, perfect this skill because I, I wasn't always confident in it um, when I, whenever I was younger. But I worked in this store and I used to, I kept a little notebook and made notes and tried to predict the color of the shirt of the next person who came into the door. Okay, and so I would keep notes and and show how many I got right. The idea is not to get everything right. It doesn't really matter if you're right or not. The yeah. purpose of it is to practice that part of your brain. Okay, so it's to exercise the MDS, and that is the midbrain dopamine system, which is connected to prediction. And think of it as a muscle that can be strengthened. <laughs> so, playing games with yourself in that way just in your mind uh that yeah. strengthens prediction and when you do it with confidence even if you're wrong sometimes you're always creating new neural pathways in the brain which reinforce the fact that you can see the future so uh even if you're pretty good at prediction pulling prediction games can really help move you to the next level very good information. I hope so. There's one more, the one that everybody wants and everybody thinks is imaginary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, telekinesis. That's yeah. the big one. Everybody wants to learn telekinesis without uh, without even learning how to project. If you can't move your spirit out of your body, how are you going to move the energy of something else? So learn how to astral project so that you can learn how to develop telekinesis. <laughs> Interesting. I don't um, even what I even thought about developing. <laughs> everybody yeah. wants to move things with their mind. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Well, you know, for, for something like telekinesis, it's, it's good to start off with something that's already moving. That's what I always try to tell students who are just starting out, trying to learn how to, and it's definitely not something that's going to happen in a week, okay? It takes a lot of dedication. But if you can start with something that's already moving, then you have a better chance of, of uh, working those muscles in the brain that tell you that you are doing it okay sure. just sure. like continuing to predict whether you are wrong or not for someone who's trying to learn telekinesis you want to start by moving yourself into the consciousness of the object that's moving okay 
So yeah. what what I used to do was I I used to hang this ornament like in the doorway uh, yeah. from the living room to the kitchen, and every now and then it catches a breeze and it'll move, you know. So I would sit there and watch it, and then move with it and become a part of it. All right. So every every time it moves, I can start to feel its movement. That is the beginning of learning how. It isn't about moving the thing with your mind. It's about becoming a part of it. Okay. And so say uh, the wind blows and the tree starts moving. We can start to move with the tree as if we're a part of it. Right? Yeah. So. Uh, if if when you become intertwined with its energy and uh and become conscious of it you'll find that you begin to move with it without thinking about it okay in deep focus it's an automatic response without even realizing it's happening that is where telekinesis develops it's a good sign and uh it's a great starting point so once you really intertwine with it and, and 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 start to feel its movement in your body, then you can start to influence it. And this is this is something that takes a lot of practice. It's not going to be it's not going to be something that happens anytime soon, you know. But you have to be really dedicated to it. Yeah, I can imagine. It takes a lot of mental. A lot of focus and a lot of dedication. Yeah. How oh, very fascinating. Very, very fascinating. And we have been on here for a really long time. I know it. So I think we should wrap this up. Yeah, I think so. Probably, yeah, because well, I'm, I'm running out of time. <laughs> so I, I hope that this information is all... Um, you know, helpful to somebody in some way. We want to be helpful. <laughs> I hope that it helps you guys out to work on self-mastery and to develop your psychic abilities if you care to. And um, what are we going to talk about next week? Have we decided what we're going to talk we about? We have not. We have not. We have not decided. I was going to ask you if you wanted to talk after you put Kate to bed tonight so we could discuss it. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. So we don't know what we're talking about next week, but I'll let you know on the Facebook page or something. <laughs> and uh, hopefully everybody will have a wonderful day. Good night, everybody, or good morning, or good day, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you at right now? No, I'm just like, <laughs> oh. Yeah, wonderful. <laughs>